And welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hoskin Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning, uh, Spark Sport. How are we getting on with that? Uh, the government's thinking about paying for school lunches. Now, can we afford it? Um, it especially going by their figures. Uh, but first up, yes, uh, massive story yesterday, the All Black squad. I mean, massive story if you're into rugby. Uh, completely irrelevant to you if you're not. I listened to the announcement of the All Blacks yesterday at midday, and the wonderful thing you know about an announcement is you don't need to see it. Pictures often beat sound in terms of news, of course, but an All Black announcement started on the radio, and it's still as relevant on the radio today. And what's also time-honoured is it's one of the few things that still unites us as a nation. More people than not are interested. More people than not have a view and expectation, some sort of buy-in. And what I also like about the All Blacks rugby is it's still about elitism and the very best. And with that view, that outlook, that attitude comes upset and surprise and sadness and anguish. Owen Franks was the main topic, of course, but he wasn't alone. Some people simply didn't get picked. Some people on the fringe had the worst of days yesterday. And that is the great lesson of life that is sadly and too often glossed over these days. I mean, everyone needs to be a winner these days, don't they, if you use the word winner at all? Participant is our favoured term, isn't it? As long as we all participate. And if we played well and tried hard, that's all good. Not for the All Blacks, it isn't. Not for them, not for us. We demand the best. And in World Cup year, it's been refreshing to watch the level of angst around the early performances. I didn't buy into any of it, of course, because I'm a blind believer. And I buy into the class argument as well with the All Blacks. The All Blacks are one of the greatest sporting organisations and brands on earth. And the almost obligatory rusty test or two does not diminish from what you really are when it really counts. I like the Sibu Reese approach as well. A few weeks back, Hanson, as part of the noise around Reef, uh, Reese and his past, simply said it is not the All Black way to continue or continually punish people for past indiscretions. I've been saddened actually, by the amount of feedback I've got to this, you know, him being part of the squad. Some of us are punitive. I've decided too punitive. Mistakes are to be faced and dealt with and moved on from. What better way to move on from trouble than to be a great All Black? So yes, winners and losers, but really, apart from the sports freaks who analysed the stats and the dates and the times, this squad of 31 wasn't and isn't going to lose the cup because of half a dozen names that may or may not have been included, such as our depth when it's only 31 you're picking, lots of top talent simply has to miss out. What's really exciting this time as well is the openness of it all. I mean, England, Ireland, South Africa, perhaps Australia, perhaps even Wales are to be reckoned with. And that's the other pure joy of sport at this level, isn't it? The unknown. I feel the same as I did in London four years ago, as I will undoubtedly feel in Japan this time around. We will win this. We will win this. But not automatically. Not in a canter, not easily, but possibly. You know, the possibility of defeat is there. That's the magic commonality of sport. We're all on the same ride together. In a disparate world, for us, the All Blacks were, are, and will be a rare and welcome form of social glue. Of course, um, yeah, not only uh, are we interested in who plays for the All Blacks, uh, we're also uh, perhaps interested in watching the All Blacks. Uh, some consternation, apparently, from some people who don't know how to work the internet. People like Mr Hosking. And I keep reiterating over and over and over and over again, I want nothing but success for Spark. If they've gone out and bought this tournament and they're going to stream it to us and they're going to teach us a new way of watching sport, God bless them and good luck to them. I hope it goes well. I hope they make a fortune and I hope we're all the beneficiaries. But the difficulty is, at this particular point in time, and it was very nicely encapsulated 
on one of the news bulletins last night, uh, which one I can't remember doesn't matter, but they had a lot of people just bewildered, basically, and a lot of people who are now going to uh, have to go down to the Cozzy Club or the Bowls Club or the pub, and they don't necessarily want to because they live in parts of the country where there isn't any internet or not good enough internet, uh, and that's before you get to the part, even if they did live in a part of the country with decent internet, most of them don't understand what the hell's going on, what streaming is, how you make it stream. And if you buy your app, and we find out yesterday that LG TVs, they can't do it, even if you're the most sophisticated person in the history of the world, technologically speaking. If you happen to have an LG TV, tough luck, sorry. It doesn't work. It won't work for you. And they go, oh, you can use your Apple, you can use your Chromecast. I mean, so so what? No one knows what that is. Unless you're into tech, no one knows what that is, nor do they want to learn. All people want to do is turn on the telly and see the All Blacks. Simple as that. Then we've had the issues around, you know, the quality of the picture, and apparently they're bumping the quality of the picture up. Then we've had issues around, you know, the the, the screen disappearing and the picture not working. There, yesterday we had some argument around, is there a delay? Yes, there's a delay. They reckon there was a 90-second delay on the All Blacks announcement. Whether that's important or not, I don't know. I mean, if you're watching the All Blacks and it's 40 seconds after it actually happened, is that really that big a deal. And I saw Jeff Latch, and I know Jeff because he used to work at TVNZ when I was there, and he was saying it's up to people to get themselves ready. And that's an interesting statement, I thought, because technically, of course, he's right. I mean, if you want to watch the All Blacks, the only choice really you've got, with apart from the odd exception on TVNZ free-to-air for a few of the games, is you've got to, one, you've got to buy the app, you've got to buy Spark Sport, and you have to have the facilities in your house, on your equipment, that can make it work. Now, you can sit there bitching and moaning till you're blue in the face. If you don't have them, you're not seeing the All Blacks, full stop. But from a corporate point of view, it behooves Spark, does it not, to have as few issues and problems as is practical and possible, because otherwise it's all going to hit the fan. Come kick off in a couple of weeks' time, if it's not working in a way we understand, in a way we can use, in a way we find acceptable, there's going to be hell to pay. And what I've said over and over again, and I think I stand by it, is that what Spark are trying to do is very important. Uh, in, above and beyond just the tournament, it, they're trying to teach us something new as a country, given the importance of rugby in the psyche. They're trying to get us to do things in a normal way that we wouldn't second-guess the second time this thing comes around, if they ever do it again. If they don't do it right the first time, it's like Optus in Australia all over again with the World Cup and they'll have missed a golden opportunity. So there's a lot to play for, as they say. I, I did uh, point out to Mike in the following air break that I'm pretty sure people lost their minds when Sky got the rights to rugby in the first place and you had to go out and get a Sky subscription and work out how a Sky Dakota works. Um, that was pretty cutting-edge, strange tech that you had to get used to. I mean, just welcome to the 21st century, people. Anyway... Uh, uh, and then a lot, also a lot of consternation from Mike this morning on, on the lunch money story. Apparently the, the government's looking into paying for all the kids' lunches. And what do they do with milk in schools? They tipped it down the drain because it was warm and no one liked it. So you turn up with a bit of, I don't know, spag bowl or whatever you're cooking. The kid goes, I don't like that. Yuck. And they throw it down the drain. You're going to have tremendous wastage. Let me give you these numbers. Allegedly, it's going to cost today's announcement, 30 schools. They'll all be low decile, of course. 30 schools, $45 million. Do the math. It's one and a half million dollars a school. And I worked that out at $5,000 a day, and that's open every day. And of course, schools aren't open every day. So it would be probably by the time you take out school holidays, stat holes, etc., it would be in excess of $10,000 a day per school for 30 schools, times it out by several thousand schools in the country. What sort of madness is that, for goodness sake? So, as usual, 
This is the year of Mike doing maths, as we know. He got out the calculator. Um, and luckily, our executive producer also got hers out as well. Some scrap going on here in the studio. We're just working out the cost of the government's lunch program. Forty-five. We're reporting $45 million for 30 schools, right? So $45 million, one, two, three, divided by 30 schools equals $1.5 million per school. Let's say the school's open for 40 weeks a year, right? So $1.5 million divided by 40 weeks is $37,500 per week per school. Divide it by, so what do we say? You want to say 600? Yeah, no, 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 we're doing it per week. Doesn't matter whether it's daily or week. 37,500 per week per school divided by 600 kids is $62 a week divided by five for a day brings you back to 12.50. So you're spot on. 12.50, is that a lot for a lunch? 12.50 for a lunch per kid. How many kids in this country per school? How many kids in school do you reckon? There'd be two and a half million. Would there be two and a half million kids in this country in school? Two million? I feel like I'm back at school at the moment. Well, this is maths class. This is what you're learning. I'm back in Mr. Price's class. This is what He's insisting that we leave the windows open in the middle of winter, even though the fog's coming in (laughs) because um, apparently cold air keeps you awake or something. You can go to Macca's for $12.50 and get... get Not much these days. Do you not think so? Well, what's a Big Mac? Oh, I, think, I think a big, uh, that's actually not, ma- not much more expensive than a Big Mac combo, I think. Is it? No way. A Big Mac's what? what six come or, on. Well, six or seven dollars. You get a Big Mac combo for everybody. That's what you want. And if you did that for um, a couple of million kids around the country, Maccas would throw in some chips or something, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd upgrade you for that. Surely they'd do that. How much is a Big Mac combo? Research emergency. Are we a bit out of touch that we don't automatically know how much that is? That is true. We should never run for politics because that's the classic question. How much is two litres of milk? 1220. See? There you go. 1220 with 30 cents change. So go down to the shop for a 30 cent mixture. So you've got a Big Mac combo and a 30 cent mixture. It's on Jacinda. Lunch is on me. Next year's on me. Lunch is on me. Tell you what, I was quite relieved that I was pretty close with the price of uh, the uh, the Big Mac combo there. Um, I, I, I had a feeling about that... It, uh, I feel like every time I've gone to McDonald's in recent years, it's way worked out way more expensive than I was expecting. Um, and yet again, we finished the podcast and I'm starving. I ain't Glenn ZB. That was the rewrap. Got to go and find something to eat. I'll see you back here again tomorrow.